this is such a weird movie. Nothing happens for like 80 minutes. And I feel like I'm so used to this kind of movie that didn't even cross my mind when I was watching yeah. it. I was like, plenty is happening. They're, they went to Solvang and they came back from Solvang. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 547 with our review of Paddleton. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm the other guy! <laughs> and if you're joining us for the first time, I'm glad you stepped back from the mic there. <laughs> if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, if you're listening to this episode, you probably already saw that in our feed, we also had a review of How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, so if you haven't actually listened to that yet, you should go back and check that out, because we had a lot of fun with that film. Um, but for this review, we're going to be talking about the Netflix film, uh, Paddleton, um, which, um... Uh, you know, Stephen, Paddleton, it's named, the film is named from this game that the two characters have made up and played together. Right. Um, a game in which they paddle a ball against a large uh, yeah. movie screen thing and then uh, try to get it to land in a hole um, or a barrel. Did you ever play any weird made-up sports when you were younger? <laughs> and if so, what's one of your favorites? Hmm, interesting. Uh, completely <laughs> unprompted. I mean, I... I don't know if I'll call it weird or not. I, I was very into fake sword fighting when I was a kid. <laughs> my, my, my friends and I would, uh, we would get like sticks or when we were feeling more safe, we would get like pool noodles or something. Yeah. And we would go usually on a trampoline and do like fights where we were doing like backflips and stuff while we were trying to hit each other. Yeah. It was badass. It was, it, it was badass. No, I, I, I did that as well. Um, I almost lost an eye. Because we weren't using sticks, we were using PVC pipe, and uh, I swung down and snapped the other guys in half, which launched the top of it at my head, and uh, I had to wear like an eye patch for like a week. You shouldn't fight with a Red Rider BB gun. <laughs> yeah, basically what happened. Um, but I mean, yeah, sword fighting counts as a mm -hmm. sport. Um, lightsabering is apparently officially a sport in France. Uh, something now. There was like, I saw something last week uh, yeah. online. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, back home before I moved up here uh, with the kind of the crew that we had back home, we used to play a little game we called pole soccer. Um, pole soccer. Yeah, pole soccer, which was uh, you essentially, it's like half court basketball, but soccer and the pole is the net, mm -hmm. essentially. So you're trying, to, you can't goaltend, you're all trying to uh, kick the soccer ball into the pole so it has to hit the pole has to hit so you the have pole. a very narrow margin yeah yeah and if you uh if you take over control of the ball you have to dribble it out past the out, out past the certain bounds and then bring it back in mm. that was always fun interesting um, yeah no other, other than like fighting with fake lightsabers and things like that i feel like <laughs> I, ne I never made up new games we did like a lot of handball where I think we violated whatever rules there are to handball. There are, um, everybody does like magic and rainbows and waterfalls exactly, or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, we also definitely played like games like everything turned into a game of horse. You know, if you were on a skateboard, then you had to play not, not even horse. Like you, you would do tag on skateboards too. Like there was lots of stuff where we would just be <laughs> fucking around, but it was always like, I always liked games where it was about like, dodging at the last minute like yeah, the, yeah. the feeling of like you could escape if you just made the cool move at the right time like when you guys played ninja stars oh yeah exactly <laughs> lost a lot of good men that way <laughs> and women oh yeah of course 
Um, but anyways, um, we're here to talk about Paddleton, which, though it's named after that sport, is not the only thing that this film features. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, there's other stuff in it, uh, which we will get to. Yeah. Um, but what do you say we uh, take a listen to the trailer, Stephen, and uh, come back and give everyone listening a review? Let's do it. All right, listen, how about this? How about I'm going to make a statement, and if it's a true statement, then you don't have to correct me. Is what Michael has incurable? Dude, that's a question. You got to... It has to be a, right, state, has to be a, a statement. statement, and then the truth. All right, so my statement is, what Michael has is incurable. That's it. So I'm thinking, before it gets bad, I want to end it. I don't want to change things, you know? I want to make some pizzas. I want to play some Paddleton. They got a whole process that they give you these pills you can take, but I don't want to do it alone, and I was hoping you'd help me out. The places where you could fulfill the prescription is six hours. Guess we're gonna do a little road trip. What's the worst case scenario? What's the worst case scenario? We run out of gas here. Next thing you know, we're drinking our urine. How do you get from running out of gas? The next step is drinking urine. Fastest land animal. 40 miles an hour. The cheetah goes. 60 or 65. I'm the dying guy. I know you're the dying guy. Stop saying it. I'm the dying guy. I'm the other guy. If you had to live like this, you could adapt. This is how bees see. Look like you were dead. Give up. Miracles happen. Yes, sir. All right, so that was the trailer for Paddleton. Um, basically, it is the story of these uh, two friends. They live in an apartment complex together. I mean, they don't live together, but they're the unit above the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they kind of spend all their days watching this old kung fu movie, eating uh, baked pizzas, yep. fr- ba- baked frozen pizzas, and uh, just generally spending their time playing Paddleton. And uh, one day, one of them is diagnosed with uh, terminal cancer, and this is sort of the story of how they respond to that news and uh, sort of what they do about it. <laughs> Stephen Miller, what did you think of Paddleton? So I almost wish there were no trailer for this movie. I think the the way this movie builds up is so... It would be so striking if you went in having no idea what you were watching. Um, yeah. So I, I'm going to be lazy right off the bat. I know this was not directed by the Duplass brothers. Technically, it was directed by Alex Lehman, but it's a Duplass brothers movie. I'm going to call it a Duplass brothers film. I'm going to compare it with other mumblecore things because... Yeah. That's what it is. I don't I, care who the director is. That is what this movie is. I, I believe that when this trailer first hit the internet, back before, like, this week when we decided to review it, um, I think I sent you a link to the trailer and said you had me at Duplass. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you would be correct. Um, so so I, I kind of feel like this has been an era where all of these people in the, quote, mumblecore circuit are getting their due. Like, they're making good films. Um, I, I guess I don't know... 
I don't know what Joe Swanberg is going to be doing next, but like we both liked his own Netflix series, Easy. That was kind of like him coming into his own, yeah. making things that are more about down-to-earth human relationships. Um, uh, Andrew Bajalski made Support the Girls last year, which is also like taking that improv-heavy seeming aesthetic, but he actually makes it like a very tightly written humanistic movie. And I think the Duplass brothers are culminating with that here. I think this is a fantastic movie. I, I really, really, really love this movie. And I should say I have a high tolerance for heavily improvised, loosely scripted films. I know that is what I'm getting into when I watch a movie by them. That is what I want, especially when it is Mark Duplass and Ray Romano. I, I could watch <laughs> yeah. that all day. Um, I think this movie is just lovely. And it's like, it's lovely even before the ending, which brings it over the top into amazing for me, I think. Um, yeah. So it, just watching these characters interact, it's about two friends and they're platonic friends and they're both, you know, you would probably call them losers if you met them on the street. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that's unfair to say. Like they're guys who are wearing cargo shorts and sweaters who are watching the same kung fu movie every day and eating the same pizza and they just have their routine and they stick to it. I, I will say, it was about halfway through this film when I realized that they were watching a kung fu movie and not a kung fu series. Nope, just because the same movie. <laughs> it's the same movie. Because they show different arcs, right? Like, first the guy is there, he does, like, the 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 five-finger punch of death or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, then the water thing happens, then there's, like, a thing where they're fighting. Like, it, it seemed like there was a logical progression of this, like, student and a master and yeah. like the progression of where they go from. And it's just funny that I was like, Oh no, this is a movie that they were watching yep. every night. They, they just have their routine and they're sticking to it. Yeah. But so they're two guys who just, they're neighbors, they're friends. They enjoy each other's company. Neither of them cares much about the outside world. They're content in their routine. They just want to do the same thing over and over again. And you just watch their rapport, this rapport that they have together. And I think, this is so well improvised or well acted. The the ease with which they joke with each other, they have the same arguments with each other. At one point, Mark Duplass's character knows exactly how long Ray Romano is going to have before he has to pull over to go to the bathroom because he knows <laughs> that he drank coffee this morning. Um, and it, it's just so like effortlessly funny. Like there's so many little things. I mean, somber Ray Romano in everything forever. Like yeah. I, I feel like he is just so great. In this movie, just when he's talking about anything, like at one point he's talking about what would you do if you, like, a genie gave you wishes, and he's like, you sand off, you know, like, <laughs> the sand when you, you got all this the sand best. on you, and you just wish you could say, like, sand off, and, <laughs> like, like he can deliver anything and make it funny, yeah. and I, I think this movie touches on something that I liked a lot, especially from Manchester by the Sea, I think we talked about, was the, the idea of death is this big scary thing. But it's also like very boring and there's a lot of bureaucracy and a lot of like random everyday things that go along with dying and planning how to die and what happens after someone dies. And this movie, like basically they go on a road trip to Solvang. Um, I knew right away when they stopped at that emu place. I was like, I've been to that emu place. They're going (laughs) to Solvang right now. So so that was kind of fun. Um, but But they go on this road trip to get the medicine that will let um, Mark Duplass's character end his own life. And there's so many minor observations that are very funny. Like one of my favorite is they're, they're in the pharmacy 
And the guy who is like there to help them is like, no, I can do that. And then while he's ringing them up, he defaults into small talk mode. And he's like, so how are you guys doing today? <laughs> and there's just this, it isn't even like a cruel response. They're both kind of like smiling a little bit, but it's just this, I, I, I don't know. I can't explain it. it it's yeah. almost not fair how much this movie mines for emotion, but I, I just think it gets so many things right in their interaction. Uh, Ray Romano's cute safe that he buys and the like the little ways he tries to control the situation and neither of them know how to express their feelings well enough to really like look at this thing head on and then I'm I'm not going to spoil it but you probably know where the movie goes <laughs> anyway <laughs> I think in the last like 10 or 15 minutes of this movie it becomes like a truly very 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 um intense human film that got me real good like yeah. I was, I, I mentioned when I texted you after seeing this movie that I cried alone in my apartment, but I didn't just like tear up the way 99% of movies that I cry at do. I was like making noises crying during this movie. Yeah. Um, it, I, I think there's a razor thin edge between exploitative and cheap and heart wrenching and beautiful. And I just think this walks that really well. I think the character building they do makes them earn every step of that final batch. And I, I love this movie. I, I thought it was like a very special, tiny little film that is like the perfect example of what this kind of filmmaking can be, which is just like telling a story about two people, getting us invested in them and then making us feel whatever they feel and cutting to credits. Yeah. No, I, I think this is a fantastic film. And I think honestly, my only complaint about the film is kind of what you said. Like, I know exactly where this film is going mm -hmm. and there's no place it can go except for where it's going. And I know that the entire time and I'm just waiting for that. I mean, I I, I told uh, Jamie was working on some stuff and I was like, oh, I'm just going to be over here on my iPad crying. <laughs> and, and I just like put on headphones and like watch this film with like a blanket. It's a good and, headphone movie. And, yeah, it is. But it was funny because like afterwards she's like, I thought you said it was like I, I told her what the film was about. And she's like, I heard you laughing. It doesn't sound like that would be a laughing film. And I was like, no, it, I mean, it's, it's not. It's not a laughing film at the end. But like the entire ride that you're on is just, it's, it's, it, it does almost feel cheap, right? It's mm. like only these people could deliver these right. lines in a way that feels both real and so hilarious. Like, yeah, like even that, that, that sand off conversation you're talking about, like Ray Romano has this way of saying something that is so utterly stupid, but just genuine mm -hmm. <laughs> in a way that makes you just go like, yeah. I can see, I can see how send off would be a thing <laughs> that you would want, and like even in that reaction, right? It's like, how many wishes would it be before you get to the point that you would have send off? I mean, obviously, no more cancer. That's a wish. No <laughs> Like, yeah, but, the but, fact that he's which I think is very real. It's the way yeah, that people yeah. like address these things obliquely, and they don't know what to do about it. They don't want to yeah. be sentimental, right? But then they also don't know how to talk about it. Yeah. So it just comes out in these weird, hypothetical, jokey conversations. But I, I, I really like the way this film handles it. Because in, in, in one way, this film is kind of 50-50, right? Like mm -hmm. that, the film 50-50. It's mining similar material. And ha it honestly has similar beats towards the end of the film, though they're contextually different. But like the, like in 50-50, um, yeah, it's a good film. People should watch it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but I, I think that like 
it go it 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 is obviously dealing with some of the same subject matter um but there is there is something very very interesting about not giving you any context for these two characters relationship and just kind of thrusting you in the middle of it and giving them like a couple days like i it, it's very unclear I, I can't tell how much time yeah passes. and it's it's very unclear exactly how much time has passed but it's also you get the impression that like no matter how much time has passed it would always feel like three days right because mm-hmm. their life is just those same day like you can tell it's a different day because maybe they burned the pizza that day right yeah. but besides that it's the it's the same pattern of behavior he's always wearing the shirt even, even the conversation about that shirt mm-hmm. was great yeah <laughs> right yeah, yeah. um like i i just think it's it is a very, very touching film. And, like, honestly, my only complaint is that I couldn't have seen this in a vacuum or I know nothing about it. Mm-hmm. And it, I almost feel like if they could, like, we, we, we mentioned already that they're taking a trip to a pharmacy to get a medication that will let him end his life. Um, if that could somehow not be revealed, um, which it doesn't make sense, right? Because mm-hmm. this whole story is their relationship dealing with the fact that he has made this choice. Um, and I think that if there was just somehow where we couldn't be privy to that information and only realize it when, like, the other guy is trying to research exactly what the medication... Like, some, something where, like... Because he could just think it's some, like, chemo-type thing. Mm-hmm. And then they get there and it's just a pharmacy... And he like I'm not, I'm not saying it would be better. I'm just saying like if I could somehow watch it without knowing, like I just partially it's because of the comment about crying at the end of the film, mm-hmm. and partially it's because this is the story they're telling. It's just I, I know what I'm in for, and I'm preparing myself the entire time and waiting yeah. for that moment to just come, and it still hits me mm-hmm. because it's it it's just it's and that's got to be a fucking tough acting job. Oh yeah, just to like. To know what you want to do in that moment. It, it's a, it's literally a thing that you can only act. Mm-hmm. You cannot know that yeah. <laughs> feeling, right? You can only act what you think it would be like. And I think how on board you are with these two characters by the time you get there will determine how well that moment sits with you or how uh, well, not well, you know what I mean. How right, yeah. Efficiently, it does what it's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I was a it was a really really touching film to me and. I really liked it. Yeah, I, I think when I watched it, what I was most reminded of was my experience watching Jeff Who Lives at Home for the first time. So I watched that on a plane, which is Cry City, USA, you know. Um, <laughs> and Jeff Who Lives at Home is a movie that is kind of one quirky thing for most of the runtime. And then toward the very end of the film, there's this sudden event that happens that is just this outpouring of emotion. Um and then this movie has a very similar cadence where for the most of most of the runtime you're just like getting to know the characters and their interaction and like you can like it because they're funny or they're well observed or like the acting is great. Yeah. But like getting to know someone as a regular human being and then seeing something incredible happen to them. And I'm I'm gonna put Paddleton in incredible. Like for one person, obviously it is like an incredible experience that someone goes through. Like, you don't see this every day. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think they they handle that tonal shift so, so well. And, like, I would not begrudge anyone who is not vibing with this movie to be annoyed by it or to think, like, it reached too high or it was cheap. Like, like that is all in the eye of the beholder, right? Like, you either believe it and then it works phenomenally well or you don't believe it and then 
it's melodrama, right? Yeah. And and I just think they they walk that line like Ray Romano in particular is just so fucking good in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I like I love him in like trying to buy the medicine for his friend as if yeah. like he's doing him a solid that he'll pay him back for later. Or trying to hide it. Yeah, 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 trying to hide it, doing his like sheepish thing. I, I like even his look. He has this kind of like Dustin Hoffman-y vibe in this movie. Um I I, I don't know, I, I just like him. I, I like everything about him. Yeah. And Mark Duplass, for a lot of the movie, I didn't love as much. Like he's kind of more it's of mostly the, the mustache. Yeah, the mustache doesn't help, but they acknowledge <laughs> it. They they acknowledge it later. But <laughs> my God, like Toward the end of this movie, I feel like he really like does a very very good job uh, yeah. inhabiting this character, and like even conversations they have toward the very end of the movie about ghosts <laughs> and things like that. I it was just such good like bittersweet laugh tears for me. Yeah, I I, I was just all about what this did, movie was doing. Did, did you think this film was gonna suddenly be safety not guaranteed at the end of the film? Yeah, I I had a thought that maybe that would happen. Yeah. I, it was, I was, I was like, are they going to do it? 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 But mm. no, yeah. I, I will, I will say too, I do, I do like the, uh, like Mark Duplass's character. He's, he's the one going through everything, but he understands how it affects his friend. Mm-hmm. And I think that I really, really like, there's a scene one night where they're, they've been out drinking and then some shenanigans goes down and like Mark Duplass is like, he knows what's up. Yeah. He just wants his buddy to like have some, like there's yeah. nothing about that situation that he needs to participate in, but he like cares about like helping out his friend in that moment. I just thought yeah. like that, that was kind of like, like he's not feeling good, right? Like he's had a rough night and like he, he's just like, you know what? I'm just gonna, just gonna go in here and yep. rest for a little bit. Like, I don't know. I just thought that it show it's, it's, it's cool to see it feels like they really do have a relationship that's built up over time and that mm-hmm. like it's not just like oh let's have another funny scene where this sort of thing happens like it's you can see the seeds of that relationship yeah. play out in a way that's really really interesting yeah so yeah i i really <laughs> I, I i like this movie a lot i i always i keep going back to feeling like it's unfair because i get that it's like a loosely scripted film that it's just like take two actors that have a really good rapport let them mostly improvise a friendship for the bulk of the runtime and then have a few bullet points that we know are going to be like tear jerkers. Yeah. And in concept, it seems like, well, that's not fair. Like other people work so hard on their script and on the production design and you just like, you know, you just like went on vacation for a couple of days and filmed something. Like how can that, how can that be a movie? But, but it, it honestly, what it feels like, and I mean this in a good way, it's probably going to sound bad, but like, when when people are doing like improvised comedy, right? They go like, "Let's have an idea now, run with that," and they're kind of riffing back and forth. Mm-hmm. And this film feels like people who are like sitting there, maybe on their couch eating pizza from the oven, watching a a movie, and they're like, "Could you imagine if like this was the case and this was your decision? Yeah, how would that feel in that moment?" And then they're like oh, like, that would be really, really powerful in these ways. And they kind of stretch that into this film. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is one of those films where the entire film is entertaining, but it becomes what the film is right at the end. It's yeah. not, this is the premise for our film. Now watch this pr- premise play out. It's, we're going to give you the real premise for our film right at the end. 
and then you're just going to sit with yep. that scene and then you'll either love this movie or you won't. And yeah, we're, th- we're going to give you 75 minutes of prologue and then 15 minutes of the like the premise playing out. Yeah. And it I don't know. I, I, I like I guess I haven't seen a movie like this since the Elephant and the Butterfly last year. The these kind of like very loose, tender, emotional movies just hit me in the right place and this was a good Friday night alone with headphones movie to watch. And yeah. I feel like it is a kind of perfect Netflix movie as long as people are watching it in a state of mind where they're ready to accept it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can imagine turning it on and being like, hey, it's the guy from The League and everybody loves Raymond. Let's watch what they're up to. And <laughs> that is not the way that you want to watch this movie. Yeah. You want to be in the like very quiet, I know this is going to be aimless for a while, but but what's interesting is so I like I looked at a few user reviews after watching it. I was just curious like how this was tracking for people. Yeah. And a lot of people emphasized like this is such a weird movie. Nothing happens for like 80 minutes. And I feel like I'm so used to this kind of movie that didn't even cross my mind when I was watching yeah. it. I was like, plenty is happening. They're they went to Solvang and they came back from Solvang. <laughs> <laughs> they bought a pink safe. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I I mean I I think, yeah, I don't know. I I, I I know the whole time I was saying, like, I wish there was a way to watch this film without knowing what it was leading to. But then again, I also feel like the knowing where it's leading makes you be able to sit and just enjoy those moments that it's leading yeah, it, like, to. Yeah, like cast a shadow on everything that makes you watch it in more detail because you're like, I know... I know why this is going to matter. Yeah, like if it was just these two schlubby guys who play like a weird like like if you saw these guys out in this fi- like field playing this game by themselves, you'd like grab your child's hand and usher them and away. Napoleon really Dynamite quickly. called. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> want their shorts back. Um. So yeah, I, I think that like if you're watching this film and you somehow don't know what's coming. <laughs> then it could just feel aimless and strange and you might wonder why you're spending that time there. But I feel like when that's hanging over your head and you know where that has to go and you're kind of slowly seeing how both characters come to accept um, and deal with the situation, it just really feels like it's a worthwhile journey. Yeah. Cool. Well, should we get to verdicts? Sure. All right, Stephen Miller, if you're going to give this a must-see, record with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, must see that it's been not since only the brave i think have i cried this hard (laughs) watching a movie and i just think it's like really phenomenally acted i think again they're doing a a difficult thing a thing that would be very very easy to frustrate me or make me actually angry if you didn't nail the landing and they nail it in a like a really i like i think this is a profound movie like the the things that it does about death and what death threatens to both parties how they both would feel going into it and the uncertainty and how they might try to cover it or hide it away i i just think it is doing a lot of things very 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 well yeah um i yeah i mean if i go by the carson rules this is a must see Mm -hmm. (laughs) if i go will everyone who watches this love it it's probably a record with a caveat but i'm just gonna say must see yeah Um, but, but yeah um, so that is our review of Paddleton Stephen Miller 
Where can people find you throughout the week? If people want to find me, they can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. Um, if you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Paddleton, if that is even available. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll figure out what... There will be some track tangentially related to this um, thing. Yep. Otherwise, it'll just be that... Feel the thunder. <laughs> is that even in the rec- yeah? It's a, it's a, is it in the beginning of the recording of last episode? When did we talk about that? In the beginning of yeah, last one. Okay, cool. <laughs> I just want to make sure people don't think I'm crazy. Um, but yeah, so some some music is playing right now, and that means it's the end of the show. So thank you for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week. Bye.